Hello, everybody. Welcome to season two of Following Jesus with Christchurch podcast. My name is Andrew Vandermoss. I am here with my friend, colleague, and co-host Addison Hawkins. We are glad to be together for season two. Uh, we were hoping on the one hand we wouldn't have to necessarily do a season two, especially a pandemic version of season two. But as we're going to talk about today, there has been a recent surge in coronavirus cases around West Michigan. We are, as of today, under new Michigan Health Department guidelines with regards to interactions, staying at home, some of those types of things. And so we want to talk about that today. Addison, welcome back for season two. Yeah, like you said, good to be here on the one hand and on the other hand is not the, the, the circumstance we would have imagined. Why don't you introduce for our listeners uh, who we have with us today and kind of the overall scope of the coronavirus task force? Yeah, great. So we thought, you know, one uh, fantastic way to start off this season would be to introduce you to a team of people that have been put together to help Christchurch think about how we navigate these guidelines. Because as we all know and remember, they, they come out quite frequently and it can feel a bit overwhelming at times to try and keep up with things. And so we have uh, a fantastic team, and we're joined today by two of those members. We have Brian Burke and Janelle Stutzman. Do you guys want to say hi? Hello. <laughs> and in a minute, I'm going to give them a chance to kind of explain what the Coronavirus Task Force Committee is and who maybe is on that task force and what they've been tasked with doing for Christ Church. But maybe we could just start by talking about the arc of the virus. Janelle, do you want to kind of walk us through the last, you know, eight, nine months and where we find ourselves right now? I don't want to go into too much detail. I think everybody's aware of the fact that the cases started to appear in Michigan um, right about in March to April when things really, we all went into a shutdown and a shelter in place and we had no um, in-person worship and, and everybody was supposed to basically be staying home mostly to save the hospitals and allow um, more PPE to be produced, which is personal protective equipment for nurses and doctors and other people who have to see patients with the virus since we didn't know very much about it. We didn't know how sick it made people. We didn't know how easily they could get sick and we didn't know how to treat them very well. And so um, that shelter in place allowed us to learn a lot more about the virus. And then that was released as we got into the summer. Coronaviruses were considered to be more of like a winter virus like the flu in that they tend to surge more in the winter and in Michigan, that is really what we saw. Our numbers went down quite a bit all summer and um, restrictions were released quite a bit and everybody, we were able to all meet outdoors just to stay as safe as possible um, and have a lot of more interaction with people in a little bit safer way than, um, than the way things are right now, actually, because the weather has gotten colder and for various reasons, we just think that the virus is more active with that. And then there could also be a component of people kind of tired of staying away from everybody else and wanting to interact more. So um, that's really why the, the, um, the health department has put more restrictions now because, the, because our numbers are going up so much in this area. We have never had this many people every, I could say that every day, every day, the numbers just keep going up. Now we're at a point where um, 
spectrum isn't testing anybody without symptoms anymore because they really are having some shortages in some of the testing materials apparently. And so, and last I heard of all the people that get tested, 20% are positive now in this area. They've got two or three extra ICU floors that they've had to put into place because there's so many patients in the ICU at Spectrum and it's just a really significant problem. And there are younger people getting infections. There are, the AAP says about a million kids have now had um, COVID. Most of them are healthy and don't seem to have long-term side effects from that, the vast majority, but um, it's just being spread a lot of places everywhere. And, um, and so that's why we're doing this task force and trying to figure out what's right for the church. Yeah, absolutely. We're super grateful. And, and Brian, maybe you can speak to this, but uh, both you and Janelle, uh, medical backgrounds, pediatricians, but we put together a task force just to help advise the session, the staff, uh, anybody really who would have questions with regards to programming at the church, how to handle it, just on a broader level. So thank you for heading that up, Brian. Why don't you introduce the task force to us? Well, the other two members of the task force are Greg Mybuyer and Kristen Ward. Greg uh, is essential because so many of the decisions that we make, or at least the recommendations rather that we make, are uh, have a tremendous effect on the operations of the church. Kristen brings a non-medical background, which was thought to be a good thing. Uh, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. <laughs> and the uh, her expertise is in policy and uh, figuring out how things should be done. She also has a background in politics. And uh, it's been fascinating to me to watch the contributions of each member of the team. It's been a figure of the body of Christ with each person having a different strength and coming together and being better together than any one person could be by themselves. Yeah. Good. That's great. Uh, so most recently, it, like you guys were put to work right away, uh, new health department guidelines, you know, wrestling through questions like in-person worship or anything with regards to in-person groups. What, what were some of the, the things that you, you came out with or at least uh, settled on with regards to some of the in-person questions? What are, what are things that we need to be thinking of? What are some of the things that we need to be taking into account as we make those decisions? Well, the committee came up with three different factors that will be considered when making the decision about any possible need to switch from what we currently have, which is a combination of in-person sanctuary worship and virtual worship, and when we will need to make the switch, if we do, back to virtual worship only. And there's three factors that the committee has considered. Number one is the number of people who attended church uh, who on that day were actually infectious with COVID-19. And there is no data about that number uh, as to uh, how many people one should choose. One seemed uh, rather reactionary uh, and over the top. And then on the other end of the spectrum, 15 seems almost absurd. Of course, you shut down before then. So we chose the number four uh, as the number of people that if we have four people who attend church on any given Sunday, 
that are infectious for COVID-19, then we will return to virtual worship, at least only, at least for a while. Now, you have to understand what it means to be infectious. If you attend church and you don't have symptoms, and then you start having symptoms within 48 hours of attending church, you were infectious when you attended church, because one of the things about the uh, COVID-19 is that you are infectious for two days for 48 hours before you start seeing symptoms. So if you attended church on Sunday and you started getting sick on Monday or Tuesday after you attended church, then you were infectious when you attended church. If you start with your first system, symptoms on Wednesday or later, you were not infectious when you attended church and you don't have to be counted against that number. So that's the first criteria. How many people were actually infectious infectious who attended Christ Church that Sunday? The second number is not really a number. Uh, it really can't be quantified, but it is the degree of stress to our medical care system by the outbreak in the community. And that degree of stress is high now, as Janelle talked about, with wards being converted to intensive care units, which is something that I never saw in my career. Uh, and so we have to be careful about that. Uh, but uh, when is it high enough? And that's one of the problems uh, with knowing exactly what our recommendation should be. But we have at least at this time felt that the hospital systems can cope uh, with the situation as it is. If it gets worse, uh, we'll have to revisit that. And then the third criteria that uh, we will use to help us decide whether we should return to virtual only worship is the regulations that come from the Michigan Department of Public Health. Now, on the one hand, uh, it states very clearly that the church is not required to follow those recommendations, not by law, uh, with, there's no legal penalty if we don't follow the regulations. Uh, so on the one hand, you could say we're exempt, but that's a very legalistic way of looking at it. And we as a committee feel that there's a moral obligation too of the church uh, to do the right thing. And so we are considering those regulations uh, in everything that we do um, with uh, worship in, in the sanctuary and in smaller groups too. Yeah, I think that's really helpful just to, you know, help us think about the way in which these decisions or recommendations, if you will, are being made, uh, giving us those criteria. You just mentioned, you know, the difference between large group and small group. You know, you, you had mentioned a bit offline before we were talking uh, on the podcast, just about how the health department made some, uh, some comments about small groups versus large groups. I don't know if you want to explain that some. Sure. Uh, very healthily, the Kent County Health Department actually has a person who specializes in helping churches, and we've had two different conversations with her. Uh, what can be very reassuring to anyone in the church who is perhaps fearful of returning to worship, uh, it is quite possible that we have the best precautions being taken for sanctuary worship anywhere in this area. Uh, all the different things that we're doing, uh, the, um, the lady would continue to be complimentary on, on how seriously we're taking the situation uh, and still allowing the, the church to worship. With the second conversation, though, uh, that we had just this past week, she mentioned that 
the health department uh, on both a county and a state level is actually a little more concerned about small groups than they are large groups. People are tending to, quote, comply with uh, uh, precautions, end quote, when they're in large settings, when they're going to shop at Myers or when they're coming to our church. We're so thankful to see so many people. Uh, it's, it's, as far as I can tell, universal uh, separation at church. People aren't talking inside afterwards. Uh, everyone's wearing a mask. It's just so good. But you get a false sense of assurance when you get into a smaller group. There's not as many people, and so it's not as frightening. And you sort of think, well, they look pretty healthy. I can take off my <laughs> And uh, that sort of thing. And in fact, the health department is concerned that that's where a lot of the transmission problems that we're having in the state and the country are occurring. So uh, we are, are trying to, uh, we've made recommendations about small group, group gatherings also. Yeah. That's that's super helpful. And I I I completely confess that I, I could be guilty of that. Just, you know, being with people and you, you let down your guard, smaller group of people. You don't think about it. You are a little bit more on your guard in a bigger group. I appreciate so much the way that you all have been thinking about this, especially just that, you know, how do we do the right thing in this? Janelle, we were talking ahead of time just a little bit about some of the other factors that go along with the virus but aren't directly the virus so we talked about like virus fatigue or virus fear uh those are big things like when we're sort of trying to decide how do we continue our life together because it's not healthy just to go straight to isolation um how do we think about some of these other things and, and by the same token there are other people that are really struggling with anxiety just because of the existence of the virus and do i go out to the store do i go to the restaurant do i do any of these different things give us a broader perspective just on a couple of those ancillary issues to the virus so if you have more of like just a fear of getting the virus and I mean, obviously there's options as far as shopping of having people deliver and, and things like that, which are nice, but I think some of us need more face-to-face -face interaction with people than some people have been able to get if they don't yeah. have a job that requires them to be face-to-face. -face. I, I think um, the recommendations that are out there as far as social distancing, six feet and wearing masks and things like that definitely show um, a decrease in, in virus spread. And the CDC recently pointed out that the cloth masks also do seem to protect people from getting it, not just from spreading it. And I think that that can be a reassuring factor. And at the same time, um, we need to try to find a way for people to be able to interact. So, um, I think as far as anxiety, if you feel like you're so worried about the virus that you're really struggling, that you may want to seek more help or counseling, or there are tools that medical professionals use to help people, uh, known as cognitive behavioral therapy, that help people to um, deal with their anxiety. And um, we have some resources within the church, or we can, or you can contact your, you know, physician to to receive you know, uh, referrals or information about where to get that. Um, and that can definitely be helpful. It, as far as the depression, that also same thing, uh, therapy can be very helpful or contacting your doctor. But I think also, if it's really more that you're just 
so alone at home. And I mean, I think the whole point of this, of our, our um, task force is to try to help people feel better about um, coming out to things that are being done as safely as possible, especially, like I said, I feel like, you know, we are doing everything we can as far as um, the way the church, way the way that we're meeting in groups and, and I think trying to connect, even if it is over Zoom and interacting with people can be just such a positive experience, um, whether it's your C groups or any other kinds of groups, or I still have a Titus II group that's meeting every, it's been what, 13 years now? We've, we're still meeting and we met over online and um, had a really great time just sitting and chatting for a really, I just think that's, it's so positive for people to try to find a way to do that. And, and, and if that's, you're still struggling after that, then perhaps seeking extra medical help could be worth right. doing. But we, we're here to reassure you so that you know that, um, that, that doing things the way we've been doing them as far as meeting outside in the summer, meeting inside while we're waiting for to see if um, the numbers start going back down again, being really careful um, about being spaced and, and unfortunately singing outside, I know people don't always like that, but I think that it's much safer <laughs> to sing outside while the numbers are high, um, even though it's cold and we have to bundle up a bit more. I, I just think it's safer and we want everyone to feel safe coming to church. Um, and I think that's the most important thing is that people feel comfortable and trying to sing very quietly inside would probably be safe, but it's just not how most of us want to sing. Right praises and worship but so i don't know if that's answering your question no that's great i you know i i really it's obviously you have so many thoughts on this both yeah. in leadership and you know as an individual like are we doing the right thing I, the one thing i am sort of happy about is we we have taken a more conservative approach but i think at the same time the conservative approach, I hope, has given people confidence that leadership is taking this seriously. Uh, we are we are exploring what is in the best interest of the congregation, but it's also enabled us to sort of keep offering these things in the same way without having to go up and down. I know a number of churches just in the last week have had to scale back. You know, they were sort of going full bore, and then they've had to pull back and we're trying to maintain something that's a little bit more steady that is consistently safe and we can continue to do this uh even as numbers mount as they are yeah i mean that's a good point just we want to make sure that we're always offering something for our folks and wanting to communicate because as we look ahead you know michigan winter is upon us even though i look out my window and there is some sun out there which is beautiful um you know, what can we expect? You know, there's lots of talk of the vaccine and we've seen, you know, news articles about effectiveness and 95% and those sorts of numbers are being thrown out. But, you know, and you're in the committee's mind, what, what can we expect as we move forward through this season? Well, I think the ultimate hope actually for us returning to corporate worship is the vaccine. I said that poorly. The ultimate hope is what God wills to have happen. But with vaccine as the tool that he's given us to use of all the things that we can control, if we can get enough people vaccinated so that we interrupt the transmission of COVID-19, 
then that will be a big step toward being back to being able to resume worship as we always have. Good. I mean, we know that the vaccine helped a lot in um, back when we had the H1N1 pandemic. Uh, a lot of people don't even think about that pandemic as being a pandemic in reference to what we have right now, but it was partly because they came out with the vaccine pretty fast. And, um, and so while it did infect a number of people, it was controlled quite well. And I know that it's different now because this is a different virus and the vaccines are different, but I think they're really making a strong effort to make the vaccines um, more effective even than what the flu vaccine has been lately. And so far that appears to be the case. I think um, we're all waiting to see what the final numbers are and any kind of safety concerns. And I'm sure that, um, you know, there's gonna be certain populations that will be prioritized to get that. So it will take quite a long time before we can feel like people have immunity enough that we can not have to worry about still being careful with masking and, um, you know, the six foot distance, social distancing measures. But I think there'll be more we'll be able to do the less we have to worry about those, those things. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to more information about the vaccine. I think it will be um, the fastest way to try to get out of this. Yeah, and the, uh, for those people who feel like COVID's never going to be going away, the people that are depressed, uh, number one, no illness stays around forever. The Black Death that killed half of Europe uh, took a couple of years to go away, but it wasn't because of great medical advances in 1500s medicine, 14th century medicine. Uh, so COVID will go away one of these days, and we'd like to get it out the door a lot more quickly and slam the door after it. And the vaccine is going to be both the usher and the door slammer to get that done for us. All right. Good. Well, we, this has been very, very helpful. And just for our listening audience in a very timely manner, we'll have a lot more information coming out uh, in the coming days. We're recording this podcast on Wednesday, the first day of the new health department guidelines. Uh, we'll hopefully uh, post it by Thursday. We'll link to it in the Friday letter. Uh, there'll be a lots of different ways that hopefully you'll hear this in the next couple of days. Uh, one of the other things that we'll link to is a complete list of recommendations from this task force on the Friday letter. So you can read some of the other questions, everything from nurseries to uh, some really technical data on the heating and air conditioning system uh, of the church. So it, it really very grateful for all the work that this task force has uh, begun and, and they'll continue to be a resource for us as, as we go forward. In terms of worship services this Sunday, we do hope to uh, maintain our morning worship services. I think we're going to scale back the six o'clock service and not offer that uh, this week. We are also re-upping some of the offerings with regards to online worship, assuming that more people will be taking advantage of that. We're going to start video recording the sermons again, as we did, converting the home worship guide back to what it was uh, last spring. We also are going to host uh, an online Zoom worship. So programmatically, you can sign up for that. 
So there are a number of ways, just we want you to stay connected. We want you to stay following Jesus. I mean, that is the most important thing. And maybe we can just close with that. Uh, Brian, Janelle, like as you've been seeking to follow Jesus these last uh, seven, eight months, like what, give me one word uh, that just comes to mind. It doesn't have to be the perfect word, but just a word that comes to mind in terms of your own walk with Jesus. Uh, that first one that jumps to mind for me is trust. Um, the, uh, their life is full of vicissitudes and we, we never know what's going to be thrown our way. And there are good times and there are bad times in 2020 for more than one reason has, has been not a wonderful time, but uh, uh, it's like the old hymn, trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. So I, I think I feel a little uh, more trust potentially than what I did before. That's awesome. And I love the fact that you use the word vicissitudes. So I cannot be the only person accused of using uh, the uh, extra large words. So thank you very much for that. How about you, Janelle? Oh, mine was faith. I think having faith that um, God will carry us through this. And I do think that He's given us science to help, and I hope that people aren't offended by that, but I think it's just really, that's, it's how we have to try to figure it out and keep people safe. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Those are good words. If I were to use a word, it would probably be grace. The Lord just gives us so much grace during this period of time and um, you know, I the thought grace you were going to say we need so much grace. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for this podcast, Andrew, yeah, and I, exactly. certainly not for the task force. They're doing fantastic, but we are thankful for the the extra work you all are doing um, and, and rallying a couple other people and, and helping lead this church so that we can all follow Jesus through this time. I want to close this with a word of prayer um, as we as we move out. I just want to make a, a special note before we go out, just something that Janelle mentioned when we were talking about um, care. Just if, if you know someone or, or feel like you're connected to somebody who is, is really feeling depressed or isolated, really has high anxiety, whether it's because of fear or just because of isolation, please don't hesitate to reach out. We have resources available. We'd always love to talk and connect, but please uh, don't wait to do that. Reach out to one of us. Absolutely. Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, we are uh, so thankful for uh, who you are in this uh, in this world and, and the truth that you have brought to us and the faith that you have given to us. Uh, you have uh, illumined us, uh, our eyes, because of the way that your son has entered into this world and, and brought us into a relationship with you because of the work that he has done. And, and it's only out of that strength that we can even go about our days and think about how we are to uh, manage all of the different aspects of life right now. And, and there are so much more uh, in 2020 than that felt like there has been in years prior and maybe years to come. Oh, we're thankful for this team and the way you have equipped them uh, who they probably didn't know that all their years of training would lead them to a time such as this. And so we are thankful as a church body uh, that we have folks like this available to lead us in these ways. Lord, I pray for the leadership of our church and churches around us during this time that they would be able to navigate these tricky waters in a healthy way, uh, balancing the tension between 
uh, being in person and seeing one another, fellowshipping and rejoicing uh, in the good news that you have given uh, to us, but then also being mindful of those around us and making sure that uh, we are considering our moral obligation to love our brothers and sisters and protect them from uh, the spread of this virus. So help us to balance those things. Help us to be uh, aware of how we are engaging in our activities day to day. Again, we thank you for this time. Thank you for these people. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. We're glad you checked us out. If you want more from Christ Church, you can find us at our website. It's ChristChurchGR.org. That's ChristChurchGR.org. While you're there, check out the Staying Connected During COVID-19 page for more resources, our home worship guide, the latest podcast, and other ways to stay connected. You can find this podcast on many of your regular podcasting apps, or that is through Apple iTunes or the Google Play Store. If you enjoyed this content, please consider giving us a rating and a review. Also, sharing this episode with a friend or family member is a great way to keep them connected. We're so glad you checked in. We'll see you next time. Thank you.